It's not uncommon to hear many different uh, critiques of Christianity or um, you know, arguments against it, saying that the Catholic Church is just a, a human invention, is invented by Paul or the early Christians. But in some way, the structure of the church was distinct from Christ. This would be the, the fallacious position. Remember the promise that God made with Abraham, the covenant. Abraham was called Abram at the beginning. And God said to Abram, I will make of your descendants a great nation. I will be your God and you will be my people. Which I believe this is right. Somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, but in Aramaic people, kahal, or Hebrew, kahal. In Greek, that's translated to ekklesia. And in English, this is translated to church. Same word. So he says to Abram, I will make of your descendants a great church. This is why Vatican II referred to the church as the people of God. The church is not the pope, or merely, you know, the pope and bishops. The church is us, it's everyone. Everyone who is a member of the body of Christ. So God says to Abram, I will make of your descendants a great church. And he changes his name from Abram to Abraham. So when Jesus does this with Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says, you're the Christ. And then Jesus says, of your descendants, I will build my church, my people, my ecclesia, my kahal. And then he changes his name from Simon to Peter. It was not lost on anyone what he was doing. They all knew the story of Abraham. And they knew that what Jesus was doing then and there was founding something new. He started it. It's his fault. <laughs> Jesus started it. It's unmistakable from the scriptures. But why Peter? Why Abraham? I mean, why that guy, Peter? He was a failure. Abraham was, I mean, we, we talk about the great faith of Abraham, and it's true, but he doubted. Remember, he was promised a, a male heir and then was made to wait a long time. And he and Sarah doubted. Moses, why Moses? Why was he chosen to be the deliverer? He committed murder. And after wandering in the desert, because he doubted God, he was not allowed to even enter the Holy Land, the Promised Land. Why Moses? We wouldn't pick a guy like that to lead us. Why David, King David, murdered a guy, committed adultery, fathered a child out of wedlock. Horrible sinner, and yet one of the greatest figures in our history. Saint Augustine belonged to a cult, fathered a child out of wedlock, um, went through a number of different 
philosophies until he finally became Catholic, was ordained a priest and a bishop. He wouldn't get into seminary today. Wouldn't. Peter, he did the worst thing you could do. He denied Jesus, not just once, three times. And, and Jesus said he was gonna do it. So there is even some informed knowledge or, you know, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter probably didn't really know what he meant at the Last Supper until he did it. I mean, most of the apostles, except for John, deserted Jesus on the cross. And they were chosen to be the first bishops. On and on we go throughout history. I mean, we look at clergy. I mean, that, that's, and I, I don't mean just like the really horrible stuff. I just mean the regular sinful stuff. They're, it's pretty spotty. And, and we look at some of these people, I mean, both Christians as well as Jews, as, as great figures of our faith. And what's interesting is you dovetail that with the current milieu in culture and in the church. And I think what we see happening is because I would argue it's undeniable that any kind of moral compass our society had is fairly well gone, eradicated. That there tends to be this desire for almost a puritanism on one side, in, in the culture, you have this sort of puritanism that if somebody doesn't use the right language or they, they say something wrong, they lose their job, they lose their career, you know, the whole cancel culture thing. Right? If they don't use every th language the right way or if they make a mistake or, or, you know, even if it's sinful that they did it, not just a mistake, they're done. They're done. No mercy. There's a puritanism there. But in the church, we see the same thing. There's a desire on many in the church, not here, the church down the street. <laughs> well, I certainly don't want it to be here. But there's a desire on the part of many Catholics toward this Puritanism. Because you look out at the culture and you see it all sort of failing. Many will have that perspective. And what they desire then is, well, we need to make sure our priests are perfect. Well, let me just be the first one to tell you that you do not have a perfect priest by a long shot. And of course, I haven't met one yet. But I also haven't met a perfect parishioner. And as members of the church, we are all sinners. If we're not all sinners, we take the power of the cross away. This is, what, this is what led Paul to say, I now boast of my weakness, my weakness, because in my weakness, the greatness of God is made manifest. In, in some ways, you know, we, we become a culture that's afraid of failure. I have learned relatively nothing from my success. You know, successes when I've had them. 
but my failures have changed me to the core for the better. They have changed me to the core. And I know I'm not the only one to say that. It's an old adage, right? It's our failures that bring us, confront us with the truth of of ourselves, about something in our life that needs to change, about the, the deep need for God's grace in our life. We should not be afraid of failure at all. Not that we should aspire to it, but it's precisely in our fallenness that God's grace meets us. If we didn't have it, the fallenness, we wouldn't need the grace. We wouldn't need the cross. We are a church of sinners, every single one of us. We are a church of people who fail from time to time, every single one of us. And the Lord says to us, it's okay. Because you can't redeem yourself anyway. I have come to redeem you. I have come to fill what you lack. I have come to give you myself. And it's precisely the lack and that space that's created that gives me a place to dwell. Rely on Jesus Christ to fill up in us what is lacking. And there is much, and it's okay. Let us not be the the perfect Catholic church, whatever that is, or pretend to be, I should say. Let's, Let's not pretend to be the perfect Catholic church. Let us be, as St. Thomas More, a church of mercy, a church of forgiveness, a church that relies on Jesus Christ for our power and strength. Please stand.